This is an excerpt from Different Ways, Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 1, The Beehive, Part 1. Darkness stalked the light of day. That's the way of it when summer lumbers south to abandon Oregon to its torrential, rainy seasons. I was taking a theater arts class in Portland State University. This was during my time of hysteria, the fall of 1978. I had been living on the street. Hope was a schedule of classes to keep. All of what I knew of life pressed and pinched on me in uncomfortable ways like an ill-fitting suit. I intended to keep true to what I said I was going to do. I was going to university. I was going to improve myself. After a summer of drifting homeless and a stint living at the YWCA, I found enough waitress work to afford a place to live. I was on my way to my intention. This is what I told myself. The universe leaned in. Prometheus, seeing what I could not, wept. The theater teacher mentioned that there was an unprecedented event happening at a college in the area, and if anyone was willing to go, she would appreciate a report and she'd give credit for attending. I had to work around a wall I had built between this teacher and myself. I had tried out for the role of Cassandra, or was it Desdemona? It was for the school production, and she was decidedly not impressed. I recited the soliloquy, and even though I recognized myself madder than any female in the entire state of Oregon at that time, she passed on me without a breath of consideration. The woman didn't know crazy, not to my mind, though her decision was prescient. So when she made this event sound like the arrival of Haley's Comet, I didn't pay much attention. Until I saw the poster. Something in me has snapped to attention. I felt deeply that I had to attend this event. As I recall, I told myself that it was because the word grow was embedded in the name of the person and the poster was green. This is how I made most of my decisions regarding my life in those muddled days. I was deep in unfamiliar territory a sighted blind person groping. I needed to feel around the world via clues for my way going. I actually did fairly well applying this sloppy logic. My vibration from the transformative experience earlier in the year had something to do with my success, no doubt. Fools and drunkards. The event was a lecture and an entire weekend with Jerzy Grotowski. He had written a book on theater called Towards a Poor Theater. I hadn't read it. I had no idea what I had signed up for, but I was game, intuition, green, grow. The admission was paid, and we were given strict rules of conduct and expected behaviors. The lecture would be in French and translated. No questions until the end of the weekend when there would be interviews to request admission to the Grotowski Institute 
of art in Warsaw, Poland. Within these directives were a decidedly odd set of instructions regarding our sleeping and what must happen when we stayed there overnight. The heavy-handed aspect of the lecture and the dire warning of the coming night caused some people to bow out of the event. I recall sitting outside having a smoke and talking to a woman who was a little younger than I. She was trying to reason out if she should stay or not. She felt a deep foreboding, she told me. She looked worried. I wanted her to stay, of course. She called her mom to come pick her up. I recall how she looked at me over her shoulder with so much fear in her eyes as she left for her mom's car that waited at the curb. I saw something of my younger self in her, me before marriage and babies, before escaping. I remember wondering briefly if I should be scared too. We were assembled after the lecture to do movement and we were guided into something called negative movement, which is basically a practice of undoing the mind's connection to dictate the physical response of the body. This is to release the more natural primitive aspects of movement uninhibited by the mind's interference. I would find out later that this was an introduction to what is referred to as a beehive. So on a darkened stage, we all went about our business of unlocking our minds from our bodies. I spent most of my time looking for my body. One of Grotowski's assistants came by and examined my movement. He physically pushed me hard. I guess he didn't approve of what I was doing. All of the movement was wild abandon proved to be rather dangerous enterprises. One fellow was the unlucky recipient of a flailing foot that actually broke his jaw. I heard about this during the break when the ambulance came. Apparently, civilized humanity is not necessarily gifted with an ability to control unleashed creative abandon. I was lost in my movement undoing, body-finding, and missed the entire catastrophe. Then we, we were sent to bed, sleeping bags on an old big open floor in the locker room. We were told to keep our shoes next to our pillow. This was the instruction. No talking, ever, no matter what. I fell asleep. I was sleeping over at Thad's after one of those high school rock and roll parties that were so common then. I was in a sleeping bag on the living room floor when I awoke to someone unzipping my bag and gently rubbing the length of my body. As I roused, he stopped. It was Thad's dad. He motioned for me to shush. There were others crashed on the floor with me, I think. And he directed me to follow him upstairs to his room. He said there was something he wanted to discuss with me. I did this. I followed him up the stairs. I was naked. It actually wasn't very uncommon for us to be running around nude in those days. It was 1970. I remember thinking in a fog, I wonder if he wants to talk to me about that. When we reached his room, he pulled me to him and tried to kiss me. I was confused. It was so absurd to me to be kissing Thad's dad that I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. 
I pushed him away. He grabbed me and threw me on the bed. I moved to get away and he dragged me back, pinning me with his weight. I was still thinking there was some mistake. Weren't we supposed to be talking? Didn't he say he wanted to talk to me about something? When I felt him enter me, I panicked. I still had words. I was still in my mind. I was still in my body. I can't be in my body. I was feeling claustrophobic panic with him on top of me like that. Everything was closing in. I was terrified. I tried to push him off and began to scream for Thad. I wanted Thad to come help me straighten this out. I'm not sure how much screaming I did, but Thad's dad saw fit to cover my mouth with his hand, and when he did, his meaty paw slipped up over my nose as well, smothering me. I couldn't breathe. To this day, I don't know if I passed out or I cracked in some fundamental way, because all I remember is Thad's dad sitting next to me on the bed, cradling me, trying to calm me down as I trembled, crying and gasping for air. His hand holding mine over his flaccid penis, and him nervously saying, See? It's all right now. It's all over. You're okay. The next thing I know, there is a gentle shaking of my shoulder, and I focus to find one of Grotowski's assistants quietly rousing everyone and employing the international sign for quiet with the fingers to the lips. No one spoke a word as we disconnectedly slipped back into our loose-fitting movement clothing and put our tennis shoes on. We were lined up and led outside to the night. It had been raining, and it was chilly. A long, solemn line of us were led down an extreme switchback path, further and further from our warm little sleepy nest. I remember thinking in my torpid stupor as I examined the long line I was in, this is what it was like being led to the gas chambers. I felt a small knot of fear rise in my spine, like the mercury rising to record a heat. It felt frightening. Our heads bowed and stumbling ahead into some unknown place we were told to go without protest. Something was bleeding through time. It's hard to say how many folds of time. We stopped at the edge of a great muddy area in an athletic field. We were instructed to begin our exercise once more in releasing the mind from our body reactions. Silent and slow, we moved it first, and then momentum began, and the movement became more and more primitive as people fell in the mud and recovered to keep moving and moving and moving, sometimes interrelating with others, sometimes cavorting alone. The beehive. I felt something in me snap, and I moved in a strange new unity with the earth itself. As the earth and the kundalini energy surged up through me, I was transported. I remember being emotionally and physically drained and my body feeling wonderfully liberated from some kind of shackling. We were led up to the locker room where our previous sleeping lives awaited us on the floor a hazard of spent cocoons, to shower, to sleep, 
as if one could sleep in the same way after such an experience. The next day included lectures and exercises. In the afternoon, the staff of the Institute were getting ready to go so they could leave for the next city right after the evening lecture. I came upon the assistant that pushed me. He was struggling with a washer. In the utility room, he was aggressively spinning the dial and throwing up his hands in frustration and cursing in Polish. I sidled up to him and whispered, push it, which he did. His hands flew upward and he rejoiced at the sound of water filling under the lid of the machine. He didn't get the joke about pushing and looked past me as he moved on to his next task, sadly. In my mind, we spent the rest of the day together in a sweet nonverbal discourse, pushing and pulling. I received a similarly cold response from Grotowski himself as I waited to be the very last person to be interviewed to attend the Institute in Poland. I waited until the last in case he wanted to have a deeper conversation with me. We wouldn't be tying up the line because, of course, the magnitude of my experience there had to be so obvious. He would see that, surely. Grotowski was clearly tired by the time I reached him. He had lost all of his patience for us strange, fawning Americans. I witnessed this building as I waited and studied his responses to people. When it was my turn, my request to be included in the list of people to attend his school was translated to Grotowski. He blinked once, looking at me, waiting. I had nothing more. He rolled his eyes and turned to his interpreter as he stiffly rose to his feet and told him, Tell her thank you. We will send a letter. They did. I still have it somewhere. Basically, it said, We are sorry, but we cannot use you at this time. Good luck with your future, or some such. Pauvre bite. I was empowered for days by the beehive experience, and when I went to the theater arts class, I was called out by the teacher to share with the class about the workshop. My head was so full of wonder and I felt so giddy that I just laughed and shrugged. It's hard to explain, I said, grinning, not explaining. The teacher, already not thinking much of me, scowled. I suspect she thought I was high on something. I was high all right. I was high on that entire experience. My mind had been fucking blown. I dropped out of university. So much for holding on to my thread of intention. I was gone again. Thank you for listening. <laughs>